right, folks, great big good morning. I'm Pastor Chuck Blair of New Church Live. Great to have you joining us. And whenever or wherever you're joining us from, it's great to have you here today at New Church Live. And we have a wonderful service ahead for you. So whether you're watching anywhere from California to Canada down to Florida, it's great to have you as part of our congregation here. And without further ado, we're going to get started with a set of announcements from our, my assistant, Angela. Hey, good morning. Welcome to New Church Live. My name is Angela Cooper, and I work here plugging people in and helping them connect to the New Church Live community. And I just wanted to let you all know about a handful of community service projects that we have going on and let you know how to get involved. So we have been working on a beef collection. We are donating um, some beef from a local farmer to local organizations. A lot of them are experiencing higher than usual demand as well as kind of low reserves. And we had a local farmer who wanted to donate his beef at cost. And so we've been raising money to donate that to local organizations. And we're putting the, the end you know, cap on everything. So currently we've raised $355, which is amazing. And we are matching all of those donations and giving a donation to Heifer International, which is an international organization relieving poverty all around the world by supporting farmers and helping them, you know, you know, increase their agricultural, um, you know, experience and helping them, you know, work within their community to get out of poverty. So um, we're donating the matching gift to that. So currently we have $355. If you are interested in donating, this will be the last week of donations. All you have to do is donate the same way that you donate to New Church Live, which is to text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977. And you just select the community service tab when you make that donation. And when you do that, I know to put that into the pool for making the beef contribution. So again, you're lo you're donating locally and supporting um, the geographic region in the Philadelphia area. Um, and then we as a church are supporting Heifer International and impacting the greater community um, by matching your donation. So last week to do that, um, and if you have any questions, you can put them in the chat window or you can email me. I'll put my email address down below if you have any questions. And the other thing we're doing is we're doing a back to school drive as we're slowly, I know all the moms and dads in the audience don't want to hear about it yet, quite yet, but we're starting to inch towards getting ready for back to school. And we want to support some organizations and some families get, you know, ahead of the game and get kids ready and prepared for the school year. Um, so we're supporting Gemma Services, which um, supports the local community in the Philadelphia region. Um, they support um, children, you know, recovering from trauma and all kinds of, you know, mental health um, issues. And they are providing backpacks for kids um, in this area. And then we're also supporting the Kids in Need Foundation, which does that across the country. Actually, they do it throughout the year. And the nice thing is that teachers can get supplies directly from them in a handful of hubs that they have all over the country. They do amazing work and we're supporting them. So there's a couple of ways you can... Um, get involved. We have an Amazon wish list that we have distributed in our newsletter and on our Facebook page and or you can email me and I can send you that Amazon wish list 
or really you can just buy items from wherever you're comfortable with and you can ship them directly to New Church Live. You can drop them off at New Church Live if you live locally. Um, or like I said, you can just shop on the Amazon storefront and have them delivered right to us. So the things they're collecting are backpacks, composition notebooks, pocket folders, pencils, erasers, crayons, colored pencils, markers, and glue sticks. You know, the normal back to school stuff. And I know some people love back to school shopping. So um, we would encourage you, like I said, to either donate um, and have it shipped directly to us, or you can drop it off if you live locally. And I will put my email address again in this um, video so that you can reach out to me, or you can put your information in the chat window and I will um, get in touch with you. Or um, Another way to do it is to go to our website and we have a contact form and you can ask your questions there. They all get to me and I make sure to answer every single one of them. So we're so appreciative of this amazing congregation and all the ways you support the local and global community. Um, you always show up and people are always amazed at um, the, the amount of generosity that this congregation shows for the community at large. Um, and then the last thing I wanna mention is that if you just wanna donate to New Church Live and support us, um, we are relying on everyone to support our operations and um, we just so appreciate everybody who contributes and donates and it really is the way that we're able to continue this amazing work. Your donations support the online experience, the live stream, the band, all the amazing community service stuff we just talked about, small groups, Pastor Chuck and all of his pastoring work and the list goes on and on and on. So we hope you'll consider making a donation to New Church Live. The best way to do that, no matter how you attend New Church Live, is to text or donate online. Um, so you can go to our website and there's a donate tab or you can text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977 and you can make a donation, set up a reoccurring donation and um, it's really as simple as that. So I hope you all have a wonderful Sunday and a wonderful week ahead. And um, I hope you have a great day. Ooh. So again, great big good morning to everyone. Pastor Chuck Blair here. And a final, final announcement we have. And we'd love for as many people would like to be part of this to take part. This summer, we tried a book club and we were really shocked by the incredible interest. We ended up with a very large, small group that talked about the book Falling Upward. And, and we wanna kinda of take some of that momentum and kind of move it into the fall. So one of the ways we're gonna do that is we're gonna start that with a planning meeting coming up this Thursday night at 8 p.m. And you can RSVP either, you can email me or you can RSVP on the Facebook page and go to our homepage. And, and it's just gonna be this conversation around, around, yeah, what would be the kind of questions you would love to talk about with other people? I really believe this. Churches are built with circles, not pyramids. <laughs> you know, they're kind of built in the round that we're all experts in our own spiritual lives. It's not about having a pastor who, who knows it all because you certainly don't have that. And uh, <laughs> it's about how do we share information? How do we communicate? How do we connect? And folks, there's a lot of fun in that. There is a lot of fun in that. And you may be thinking, well, I'm not that religious of a person. You belong. You may be thinking, wow, life's just really hard right now. You belong. You may be feeling like, yeah, I've had this idea that I really want to run with. You belong. You know, we'd love to have you be part of that. So with that, folks, I want to welcome you all here to New Church Live. 
And uh, yeah, it's going to be a great service, and we're going to just start out by thinking about what it means to be kind, and what does it mean to be generous. Welcome, everyone, to New Church Live. It's telling Rebecca, that song never gets old. It's such a, such a beautiful song. So, so big hello to everyone out there, whether you're Hank watching us out from Linden Hills, Michigan, or whether the Allens watching us from Lake Wampapak, or the Lindberghs watching us from Lake George, New York, wherever you're watching us from, great to have you here as part of our church this morning. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun service. And I got to say, I've really enjoyed doing this Bible study with you. What we do every summer is we take a part of the Bible and we just do it seriatim, or we just do it in order, and we kind of look at some of the different books of the Bible, and we go through and we find parts that we feel really kind of resonate. And what we've been looking at is this book of the Bible called Romans. Romans was written by, by Paul. Paul was a former rabbi of sorts, and, and Paul wrote this, wrote this letter to this small church in Rome about 80 AD, somewhere in there. 80 years after, after the death of Christ. And uh, it's a fascinating letter because he's writing it to a group of people who are literally living in, this, in the midst of this culture that was both very beautiful, as we see with Roman ruins, and was barbaric. Like, both things are totally true about Roman culture. You know, we look at the Colosseum, and it's easy to think that was all about sports. Some of those sports were not too healthy for the participants, just so you know history people out there. It is really interesting, right, to think, okay, so here's this letter going to this small church in the midst of this, this, this headquarters of the world, really. And it was, was a brutal culture, beautiful culture, but brutal culture. It's a culture, actually, that had led to Jesus being put to death. And Paul writes them letters, and it's both interesting to see what he writes, and it's interesting to see as well as what he doesn't write. Now, how do we hold this book of Romans in, in the new church? Well, this is how we hold it. We hold it like, this is good stuff. And we also, when you look at Paul, this is a little bit of a theological aside, you know, it's, it's, we don't have to buy the whole thing. I had one dear, dear, dear pastor friend said, Chuck, you're cherry picking from, from Romans. And I said, yes. Because some of the stuff is a little strange in Romans. So if you're thinking you're going to read through it and find all kinds of beautiful statements of love, you'll find a lot of that. But then you'll also find stories like this, Ananias and Sapphira. Uh, they refuse to turn over a deed to, to land to the church. And so God strikes them dead. Um, does that sound very Jesus-y? No. No, not at all. And it's not a terribly good fundraising strategy either. Uh, it, it's like there's those parts that just are so, it's, it's just incongruent. That's, that's just not the Christian message. But that doesn't mean that we can't read the parts that clearly resonate with the deeper Christian message. Parts that get picked for almost every wedding. 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. Love keeps no record of wrongs. And the greatest of these goes on to conclude, and the greatest of these is love. You know, we see lines like that that are just, just beautiful statements. I mean, even to this day, arguably, Paul's statement in 1 Corinthians 13 might be one of the most beautiful statements around love in world history. And if you're not familiar with it, you know, just Google it. Take a look. You'll find it really powerful. And there's other statements as well that he makes, I think, that are also powerful. We're going to look at one of those today. 
And, and this is a statement he makes from Romans. And again, it's a beautiful, beautiful statement. This is Romans 8. And listen to this, folks. He said, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us, will be able to divide us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That, that statement is, is incredibly powerful, right? Because I, I think many times in our life, like we step into a place where we can feel very separate from God. We can feel divided. We can feel, is God even there? And those are not moments that, you know, I, I'm 56 years old. You know, those aren't moments now at my point in time in life that I deeply panic about. And I also know they are very much part of the human experience. We all have those moments. Dorothy Day, love her quote, we've all known the long loneliness. And we all have. I mean, I really believe it. All of us have known the long loneliness. The feeling of that we're doing it alone, we are alone, God isn't listening, or God may not even be here. And those moments actually are moments where we can just maybe, maybe, at our best, just take a breath, take a breath, and come back to the simple reminder, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers. And again, he's writing that in Rome, folks. Think about that. Neither height nor depth nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Those lines are, are just so powerful. And, and I don't even, you know, it's, it's, it's tricky because... I know for times like me, when, for times that I've experienced, I imagine you're probably the same, you know, times where we really feel separate from the love of God, it's not that just repeating a bunch of lines is going to make a difference. <laughs> but it's going to start. It's going to start us down to a path. And it's always the path of this. It's always the path of reminding us. I don't know necessarily that the Bible says anything terribly new. I think what the Bible does is the Bible tells us what we already know to be true. And we've forgotten or we're asleep to it or, or whatever. But it's this constant pullback to what actually is the truest thing that we know about life. I love this line as well. For it is by grace you have been saved through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. You know, it's, 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 it's like, here is God in the form of Christ. Christ, thank God, with sandals on. And, and, and it's this idea that there's this, there's this abiding faithfulness there. This truth. Beginning of the Gospel of John, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That idea that it's, it's not just like an esoteric truth out there, but it's a lived truth. And it's a lived truth that, that draws us alongside each other and alongside God, understanding that God is always there with us. 
I mean, one of the fun parts, and I just saw this on Facebook a couple of days ago, one of the fun parts is when somebody discovers the famous story of the footprints in the sand. I'm not going to go over that with you. You can Google that as well. But it's really fun when people discover that footprints in the sand, simple story, footprints in the sand. God, I saw two footprints. When I ran into trouble, I turned around and I saw one. Why did I only see one? Why weren't you walking with me, God? And God says, I wasn't walking with you, I was carrying you. And I think that's what that's talking about, this, this faithfulness of, this stick to itness. This idea from Psalm 139, if I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there also. That idea of God always being with us. Now, one of the fun parts, and we're going to look at this in a lot of depth today, is, is just to let this little piece sink in. Like, you look at all those parts that are saying these can't separate you. Death or life can't separate you. Angels, demons, not present or future, not any power, not height or depth, not anything in creation. And I, I love that idea, right, of like, yeah, what does that mean if we really focus on not present or future, and you think, I, I know for me, and I imagine for most of us, there's, there's you know, the future can, can get so unnerving a lot of the time. And it can feel like we're being drawn away from God. And then sometimes we live in a present, very realistically, a present that's just incredibly hard. And we don't want to treat that in, in the present in some Pollyannish way. We want to be clear and here's Paul saying, and think of who he's saying this to, folks. He's, he's talking to marginalized people who have literally not just decided they want to join a church because they like the people and the food. They've joined a church because they've seen an alternative way of living, an alternative way that has reminded them of who they really are, that has returned them to their best selves, and at the same time, it was just incredibly dangerous. And here's Paul saying, it doesn't matter what your present situation is. There are some of you watching right now who really need to hear that. It does not matter what your present situation is. And it does not matter and someone else needs to hear this. And it does not matter what the future holds. None of that can ever or will ever separate you from love. That's a place to think about. As the musicians come out, let's hold that with some grace. Let's allow that to be deeply heard. Let's take a look at what kind of grace that actually means. Because folks, and I'm going to, when the musicians come out, when I, when I come back after the middle song here, I'm going to talk about like that grace and how when we really come to understand that grace, we really come to understand this we'll understand that if that is true for us, 
It must be true for everybody. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what that means in its depth. It's a beautiful song. And that idea of grace, right? And, the, and I, you know, the lyrics that Rebecca sung there, you know, that grace, God's grace is about releasing a better version of you, a better version of me, a better version of us. I love that, right? We've all heard it probably. Imagine you all have, you know, the, I forget what it was Michelangelo. I think it was Michelangelo who said, the way you carve a statue is you carve away everything that doesn't look like the statue. <laughs> and there's something to that, right? There's, there's something to that. That idea, folks, and we really have to like, we have to sit with it. No matter what your present is, you will never be separated from the love of God. No matter what future you imagine or you're facing, that will never separate you from the love of God. Just think about that for a second. And don't just use it as an intellectual thought. Use it as something like, oh, that's a place to live from. It's a thought, granted, but it is most importantly a place to live from. If we get that, I love this idea, folks, of we will understand that what is true for us is true for everyone, and that is how the world changes. Many times, right, we can go through these, these, these struggles in our life and we can, we can become deeply worried about ourselves and probably even more so about those we love. Like, what will happen to them? And one of the most significant things we can remind each other is this. God is holding their journey too. It's not all of a sudden like God is holding our journey. He's like, I totally forgot, sorry. That's not how it works. God is holding their journey too. That starts to change the world. Now, does that mean that, and again, this is a little bit of an aside, does that mean that sometimes there are people who, for whatever reason, we just have to have a distance between us and them. Absolutely, there are people where that's appropriate. And don't lose track, even in those hardest of situations where separation is the best decision, that God has their journey to. Nothing happening in my life can separate me from the love of God. Nothing happening in their life can separate them from the love of God either. They may be asleep to it. They may not be able to see it. Maybe any number of things going on. But that love is still true. That love still remains. So how is it, folks? Like, how do we practice this? Like, you know, I was thinking the logic of this. The logic of this is here is Paul saying, nothing can separate you from the love of God. And you want to know how that looks? Look at, look at the life of Jesus. Nothing could separate those people from his love. We get that. We breathe into that. We hold that. 
And the question becomes, okay, how do I really live that? Like if, if, if I really believe that nothing, nothing separates people from the love of God, how, how do I live into that? And this is, there's many, 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 many possible answers for that. The one we're going to go with today is this, real simple. It will be our commitment to know people by their heart. To know people by their heart. A lot of the time we think, I'm going to go to a place and I'm going to, I'm going to judge people by their actions. Now, that's clearly, that's clearly good to do. That's clearly good to do, right? But, but just think about that. If we really believe the only way to judge someone is by their actions. Have any of you been a jerk this week? Any of you? Yeah. Yes, you have been a jerk this week, I promise you. And I have witnesses to confirm it. Right? Like, you think about when we say, well, judge, you know what, just judge people by their actions. What we really mean is I want to only judge other people by their actions. <laughs> but don't just judge me by my actions, please. Please, I drove on I-95, I'm so sorry. It, it, it's, we have to understand that, that there are limits to judging people by their actions. Because which actions do you choose? So we have to learn to judge people differently. And it's, it's, a, different, it's a different kind of judgment. It's, it's not a judgment that's putting you on one side of the ledger or the other. It's a judgment that says, you are human too. Just like me. And then we step back into the place where we start to look at each other through our hearts, through our hearts. Listen to this line, folks, this beautiful little piece of new church theology. Life received from God is the life of love towards the entire human race. Life received from God is the life of love towards the entire human race. So if we want to understand God's love, if we're feeling separated out from it, which Paul's saying can't happen, you can't really be that way. You can feel that way, but that's not, you know, feelings are not facts. And the fact is you can't be separated from it, even though you may not be able to feel it. This beautiful line from New Church is that that, that flow of love, that, that flow of life, like God's life, you want to know what animates you. Think about this. You want to know what animates you? A love that loves the entire human race. Think about that. That's a lot of love. <laughs> and think about what it might mean if, if we really were to live into that place. What would, what would that look like? Well, my guess is you folks kind of know already ways to do that. So what we're going to do now is now we're going to have a question here. And the question is, what can we do to really know other people by their heart? What can we do to really know other people by their heart? So you may answer one of two ways. You can put it on the chat. You can put it on the chat on Facebook. You can put it on the chat on live stream. Uh, when we get the archived version up on YouTube, you can put it in the chat there. Or you can text me your answer, 215-740-3662. 215-740-3662. So let's take 60 seconds. 
And what I would love to hear from you is what can we do to really know other people by their heart? Thank you, folks. And just, I have to smile getting these answers. And again, we get them from all over the place. And, and they're just, they're so beautiful, right? Because we all kind of know this. Yeah, this is how we really listen to other people's hearts. And, and folks, what a gift, right? What a gift when we can really listen to the other person's heart. Think of it this way. I was, was thinking about this a little bit this morning. It's, it's very typical in, in sort of quick, superficial conversation to get right to what do you do? And what do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? And, and that's a beautiful, actually, start to a conversation, by the way. And that conversation can get to the point where you can really understand and start to listen to each other. Not just what do you do, but what do you love? What do you love? Underneath it all, what do you really love? And that's where we can start to listen to other people's hearts. You'll be able to answer a few of these here. Spend some time with them. Hear their story. Always changes and soften things. Yeah, isn't that so true? To know people by the heart, we need to listen with empathy and openness while seeking to understand. Listen intently with no preconceived thoughts. This is a big one. Empty our heart so we can fully know their heart. Beautifully said. Listen to the passion in their voice and believe what they say. And that, that listen to the passion. And one of the fun ones is start to, start to watch people's body language. That's always fun to watch. Listen and think if we could be better listeners, we may know someone's heart. And that's a beautiful line too. You know, that idea, folks, of maybe part of our job is to remind other people as well. Remind them about their heart. Lisa writes, truly listen. From down in Florida, we got this answer, really listen to them. Another person writes, learn something about what that person has been through and what they care about. Another person quoting Forrest Gump's mom, love is as love does. Allow them to speak their pain and just listen, hold it in a loving presence. <laughs> this is a good one. Listen, exclamation point. Then listen again to their whole story. Another person came up with a beautiful three-part series here. Breathe, witness, then love. Listen and not judge. Seeing what is consistent in their words and actions. See yourself in them. See God in them. Those are, those are really, really beautiful answers. And those are the pieces that, that we, we need to do. And it's interesting. Notice, folks, the things that weren't in there. Nobody wrote the best way to see their heart is to tell them where they're wrong, <laughs> is to give them advice, you know, all those things that we know that are just off-putting. But that idea of really listening to their heart. It's, it, it, it's fun to watch. It's fun to experience that kind of listening and those kind of interactions. And what I would leave you with is, is this kind of idea that maybe one way to listen to other people's hearts is that we will come to know their heart by knowing their best intentions. 
Know their heart by knowing their best intentions. That best intention, really keep coming back to trying to discover as best you can, what is the best intention that this person holds? Because that's probably what they're going to learn and be able to do the best. You think how upside down the world gets when somebody puts on you that all you have are bad intentions. Is that the least bit of fun? It just doesn't work. There's nothing I think will shut people down quicker than when other people tell them why they are doing something. As if they know. It's a very different part when we have the grace to just breathe and just get everybody wakes up with the best intention. It's a quote I use in here a lot. One of my favorite from the new church is, our job is to deliver our best intentions on God's behalf. We want to make a better world. Let's support each other around each other's best intentions. Just think for a second of a relationship that's strained right now. Is there any way that could be a little piece of healing in that relationship? Is there any way that could be helpful? When we do that, folks, I think there's, there's this part here to remember, you know, that, that with life, um, you know, again, this idea of God's life is this love flowing through us for the, entire, to, for the entire human race. And it were really to listen to each other's heart because that same love that's coursing through us is coursing through them. And granted, not everybody receives it the same way. And some people may have almost turned off the flow, but we can never completely turn it off. What does that look like? One piece to remember is that God has eternity to work with. <laughs> you know, and, and that, should, that should bring a smile, right? God has eternity to work with. It's not that we need to get it all figured out over the next month. Because God has eternity to work with. It's not that we need to, I mean, we, we want to help people as best we can. Sometimes that'll mean really hard conversations and accountability and all that stuff. But it doesn't mean that, that we have to hold ourselves and like, well, we're the only one who can save them. No, that's not our job because God has eternity to work with. We can get so worried and so concerned and so full of fear around so many things about the present and the future. And just remember this, in the face of all those fears, in the face of all those worries, God has eternity to work with. How beautiful is that? If God was really into vengeance, if God was really into saying like, all right, here's the thing, and if you cross this line, it's done. And my love will end. If that was really true, and that's what really God, really God was up to, God's really bad at it. <laughs> if God is into the vengeance game, he's horrible at it. 
read the Bible, you'll figure that out. A bunch of times in the Old Testament, God's like, look, if you do this, you'll be cut off for all time. Not how it works. So that idea that we can continue to live into that grace and love is so important. And I don't want to leave this, folks, as some esoteric thing. One of the real beautiful parts of of the past 10 days has been movement for me. And, And you know, movement means movement in this day and age. It means movement online. It means movement in person. And it means all these different places where you get to see people's hearts. You know, we can look at a picture like this. This is a picture of a small group that just ended. You know, wonderful people. And just watching people being able to, to share their hearts there, to really be able to, to not just know what they do, but to, but to really know what they love. When I look at these pictures, and pictures like this, like this was over the past 10 days. It was, was silly fun. I mean, I broke bread with people from, from, from New York and New Jersey and down at the shore and in, at the office at New Church Live, all over the place. And it's, it's these places, like you look at those, and it's, it's these places where we get to know each other's heart, where we really actually get to see each other. It's, it's tricky because I, I want this picture, like I'm staring at these pictures this morning and I'm just, I'm just hoping I can find the words everywhere because, because that's, that's where we start to find it. It's this love for everyone. And we can never get separated from that. What we have to do is the work that reminds us of that thing, and we do that when we keep on looking for each other's heart. That looks beyond their political opinion, their taste in music, their taste in food, their ethnicity, all the stuff. It just goes. The hope, the hope is this, folks. It's so easy, I think, when we look at the love of God, to almost treat it like a Hallmark card. To treat it as something soft with a frosted lens and a rose. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a softed lens and a rose. But it's something we are to live. This is not something where we look at it and we go, oh, that's great, that's God's work. Because I think you know what God would say. (laughs) He'd say, it's your work too. I have no hands but yours. I have no feet but yours. I have no eyes but yours. I have no ears but yours. And your job, one of my favorite passages from Isaiah, one quotable all the time, is to see with our eyes, to hear with our ears, and most importantly, to understand with our hearts. Amen. What we're going to do now, folks, to close the service, as we're going to do a prayer, 
and then we're going to do a blessing, and then we're going to close with, with a beautiful song, and it's, it's a song about maybe right there, yeah, maybe right there is where I can do these things. So please join me in a prayer. So Lord, thank you for your presence among us today. Thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for the reminder, the reminder that no matter what, we can never be separated from the love of God, from your love, from your way, from your holding. No matter what our present circumstances are, no matter what our future fears, nothing can separate us from that. Help us, Lord, to live from that place. Help us, Lord, to go into today with at least one interaction where we're far less concerned about being right and far more concerned about hearing someone else's heart and the healing that happens when we do that. Be with us, Lord. Grant us the softness of spirit. Grant us the care. Grant us the grace the mercy, and the love to be all those things that you are through us to other people. Hear our prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, all men. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace and bring you home, all men.